Welcome back to Ultra Run Type 1, I'm MJ Dawning. Stick around for reflections on my training runs and races, sugar highs and sugar lows, successes and setbacks that are the life of a Type 1 diabetic trail runner. The final run of the 2023 season is just around the corner. So whether you're a runner, endurance athlete, diabetic, or simply interested in how it goes, subscribe to the podcast to follow along. Despite and in spite of my diabetes, I am ultra. Type 1. Just a reminder that the information in this podcast is not health, fitness, or nutritional advice. It's all based on my own personal experience and what works for me. Every body is different, but you're all capable of more than you realize. So the last two weeks of running have really been about tapering for that final run of the season, the Marysville Marathon. I did have an event a couple of weeks ago, the Roller Coaster Run, which I'll go through in a bit more detail in a couple of minutes. The other notable runs were not so much individual, but more just a bit of a change in routine, getting back to running in the AM, seeing the sunrise, finding a different motivation to get me out on the trails around where I live. And then on my final long run, uh, which was the weekend just gone, I was going to cut it short. I had about two kilometers left to where I was going to go. And I thought, now, what difference does another two kilometers make with all the training that I've done? And had a bit of a realization, which is nice that I'm still getting those kind of realizations this late in the season. And that realization was at this point, it's not about the two kilometers. It's not about the distance. It was about finishing the run that I set out to do. Because come race day, it's what it's all about. It's about finishing the run that I set out to do. So the last major run that I did before the Marysville Marathon was the roller coaster run, which was on Sunday, the 29th of October, or in 2023. And the main objective and purpose of that run was to run my own race. There was a lot of people there. This was their big run of the year. This was their challenge, and it was challenging. But I didn't want to get caught up in other people's races. I didn't want to get caught up in other people's speed and pace and the way that they were hitting the hills or flying down the declines. There was over 300 runners and they went out fast. So I couldn't quite start the run the way I wanted to because with narrow paths and everyone moving really fast, the first two to three kilometers were a bit quicker than I expected. But then we hit the first hill and probably one of the steepest inclines I've ever had to tackle. It was about 150 metres of incline in 400 metres, which is just a crazy amount of vert in such a short distance. Heading up that hill, man, I'm so glad that I've added poles to my kit because they came in incredibly handy. Um, So felt relatively good. We're about three and a half K in, already hit one of the toughest inclines that I've ever done, feeling good, and we began to descend over the other side of that hill. And I was overtaken a lot, like 10, 20, 30 people flying down the hill past me. And I had to remind myself, I'm running my own race. I'm here for me, and my purpose is to finish this feeling good. It was a 23-kilometer run, and I've got a 43-kilometer run coming up. Finish this run feeling like you could go out and do it again. So I focused on my purpose. I ran my own race, and I kept my pace really consistent. And not because I wanted to overtake people again, but I just ended up moving back 
through the pack in the back half of the race, especially on incline sections where I could get the poles out and, and move with a little bit more momentum up those hills as other people's legs and mine were really, really tired late in the run. The poles were really, really helpful. My blood sugar was high throughout. Um, this was a unique challenge. Every time it sits high and won't come down, it just means that I'm limited in how much energy I can take on during the run. So I was starting to feel a little bit, not fatigued, but just feeling like I needed a bit of a boost. I needed to get some more energy on board. Around the 11 kilometer mark of the 23Ks, I decided to drip feed some insulin, get some small boluses on board, um, which is always a risk. Sometimes they are way too aggressive. So I went really, really light and had a little bit to eat. Good thing I did. The fatigue started to increase around that 13K mark, and then I kind of felt what I'd eaten come on board. Um, got some bananas on board, had some fast-acting sugar from my race vest, and then hit a second wind around that 16, 17K mark and was able to roll through to the finish line feeling really, really good. So even with the high blood glucose and the periods of feeling like I was kind of lacking momentum as I was struggling to get that energy... Um, I ran my own race. I felt really proud of it. Crossed the finish line feeling really good, had really good form, um, looked good in that finish line photo, um, and ended up finishing 51 seconds under my goal time. So really, really proud of that. So I'm still learning how to dose and deal with really high protein meals, which I tend to eat after a major event to assist with my muscle recovery. So the evening of race day, I had insanely high blood sugar. And it would not come down. I went bolus after bolus. I changed my sight because I'm on a pump. Um, eventually broke its back. And as it started to come down, um, was able to then head to bed for some much needed rest. And begin my recovery and rebuild for the Marysville Marathon. This weekend, the 12th of November. The main story section of today's episode is going to focus on my running journey, starting back in 2019, the year after I was diagnosed, when I first decided to get out there and start running, basically. Uh, so in 2019, I started running in March. I did a total of 103 kilometers and 31 meters of vertical gain. I grabbed an old pair of shoes out of the back of the cupboard I had no understanding of running form, no focus whatsoever on recovery. It was completely unsustainable. My blood glucose levels were consistently dropping low during runs, following runs, and especially overnight. I hadn't really learnt how to deal with afternoon exercise and then going to bed. So March to June, lots of short, fast, unsustainable running, but I stopped. I wasn't doing it in a sustainable way. And I ended up getting injured, really sore knees. And even though I'd signed up for an event to try to keep myself motivated, I didn't make it to the start line. It was in July of that year and I wasn't ready. Um, so that was a DNS and that was the beginning of my journey. So I put the shoes back in the cupboard and kind of gave it away. And then 2020 rolls around. And unsurprisingly, like a lot of other people, when COVID lockdowns hit and they hit hard here in Melbourne... I decided to pick it up again. I did one very smart thing, which was I bought myself a pair of decent running shoes. And I also started on an insulin pump in March of that year. 
which was an absolute game changer for me, being able to have much tighter control over the insulin delivery um, and features that made it a little bit easier to manage it whilst exercising. My son Lewin was born in June of 2020, and that gave me another reason to really focus on my fitness, to get out there and um, just make running something that I was regularly doing. It was great for my mental health, great for my physical health, um, and ended up being really great for being more consistent in my management of my diabetes. So I slowly worked my way up, um, still not running super sustainably. Um, my first 10k run that I ever did at the time, it felt like the hardest thing physically that I'd ever done halfway through. It started pouring with rain. I didn't have any of the right gear. So all my clothing just got soaked with water. I felt heavy and slow, but I kept going. All of my runs over seven kilometers were quite stop start because I was running too quickly and not focusing on the distance that I'd actually set out to do. I kind of ran every run like I was doing a 3K run and would just go out fast and then end up having to stop and start and run fast. And yeah, it just wasn't working very well at all for me. I was focusing on speed over effort and focused on breaking PBs and getting those times down rather than sustainably exercising for the long term. I really lacked purpose. Like, am I doing this for the run on Wednesday or am I doing this forever? So I ended up signing up for the Melbourne Half Marathon, which was run as a virtual event in 2020, and I finished it. I got there on the start line at my house, I ran 21.1 kilometers, and I was broken. I ended up having to call my wife, even though I was only 1,500 meters from home, to get her to drive down and pick me up. I was completely spent, but I learned a lot from it. Come 2021... Um, our family had made a move uh, to Bayside uh, down in Edith Vale. And in 2021, I did 1,100 kilometers in total and 3,300 meters of vertical gain. There wasn't a lot of hills around our area, but I just started running a lot more. I was consistently getting in three plus runs every week and I started making incremental financial investment in my gear. So whether that be a running watch, shoes, headphones, more like technical clothing. Um, I very much think that running gear is not something that you should go into debt to get. So I just kind of squirreled money away bit by bit and upgraded things one at a time. I started to find rhythm in my runs and that kind of 15 to 20K distance started to become a lot more normal as my long run started to become a lot easier. Still challenging, but a lot easier than it was the year before where completing a half marathon was the end goal. I signed up again for the um, Melbourne Marathon, full distance this time, um, which I had as kind of my my end point at the end of the year that I wanted to complete that as an in-person event. And I did the run Melbourne Half Marathon halfway through the year as a virtual event. I ended up running it alongside the, the bay, along the beach. And the first half of it was head-on into 45-kilometer winds, it was a bit of a turning point for me because I got a little bit in my head where I was like, why am I doing this? I should just turn around. This is ridiculous. And then I just embraced it. I ended up, I remember running past one of the surf lifesaving clubs. I'm looking out at the water and the, the bay here in Melbourne, Port Phillip Bay, is like a lake normally. It's very, very flat, but it was choppy and throwing the water up 
And I found myself just laughing in with joy at the complete chaos of what I was doing. Mind you, at that point, I was only about a kilometre and a half from turning around and having that wind at my tail, so that definitely helped. And then I continued to build throughout the year. I started on a CGM, which was the Freestyle Libre, which allows me, for those playing at home um, that don't know the diabetes tech, it allowed me to scan a sensor on my arm and know on the spot what my blood sugar is without having to do a finger prick, which was a lot, lot easier to do whilst running than having to stop and, and do finger pricks and, and test it with my blood. I completed a second half marathon in 2021, the Sandy Point Half Marathon. It was my first ever in-person event, and that's where I truly fell in love with the events and racing. I'm not the fastest in the field. I normally finish somewhere in the top third, top half. I'm not there to break land speed records. I'm just there to cross the finish line and have a great time. And then I got on the start line for the Melbourne Marathon, like, you know, the biggest event by far that I'd ever been even remotely involved with. There was thousands and thousands of people involved with this thing. On the start line, because of the adrenaline, my blood sugar was off the charts, really, really high. But I was like, it's fine. It'll start to come down as I run. And it kind of did. It settled into a high but not too high kind of range. Through that first 20K, I'm feeling great. And then around 25, 26 kilometers out of nowhere, no rhyme or reason, my blood sugar goes from a bit high to like 4.2. So just above a hypo, basically. And I started piling in my gels that I had with me to get fast-acting sugar. When I passed an aid station, I'd be smashing back the like Gatorade-style drinks. And it just wasn't really coming up. It just kept hovering around that 4.2, 4.5. And I started getting really concerned that if it does another drop like it did before... I'm in trouble. Um, so I had to make a decision, which I didn't really want to do, and that was to slow down. So I walked for a significant portion, probably two, three kilometers. I just walked and it started getting hotter. Um, the event had been delayed to December of 2021. So it was like 28 degrees, sun beating down on the tarmac, walking, people are going past me and past me. And the mental battle really hit me. I'm like, I've got 15, 17Ks, whatever it was left. And I didn't know how I was going to get there. I remember looking to my left and I saw another guy kind of running, running and then stop and slow to a walk, sweaty, just looking, looking how I felt basically. And I said to him, I'm like, Hey mate, do you want to get each other across the finish line? Let's just run this thing together. And we did, we ran probably the last 13, 14Ks together one of us would say, I need to walk a bit. And we'd be like, fine. But we'd pick a point. We'd say, that street sign, that tree, that corner, we start running again. And we did that to get us through. So we'd run maybe four, 500 meters, walk a couple hundred meters, run a K, walk 300 meters, whatever it was that we needed. The last kilometer and a half, I was a human cramp. Like I was cramping in muscles I didn't even know existed. But I got there, I got into the MCG, I ran a lap of the MCG and I crossed the finish line well over my goal time by about 30 minutes. But at that point, I honestly didn't care. I had crossed the finish line on my first ever marathon. What I was yet to learn how to do properly though, was still recovery. Following the marathon, I had signed up at the beginning of 2022 to do my first ever trail run. 
and that was the Two Bays trail run. And unfortunately, it was another did not start. I didn't recover well from my marathon, probably indulged myself a little bit too much over Christmas, and the first week of January, I got sick. I thought it was COVID. I was out of state with family um, at my wife's family's house and could not get a COVID test anywhere, freaking out. It turned out it wasn't COVID. I did spend New Year's Eve in hospital to deal with the illness that I was experiencing. It was just a terrible flu, cold, virus, whatever it was. But it meant that the event that was two weeks after that, no way, no way was I going to be ready. 22 as a whole, it was kind of like a, I'd taken a couple of big steps forward and 2022 was a little bit of a step back. I did 800 kilometers total, 5,200 meters of vertical gain. So I did start getting into the hills a little bit more, picked up the elevation and the big switch that I made was from running on the road and footpaths to running on paths and trails. Um, I did my first ever trail run, Run the Rock, which is at Hanging Rock here in Victoria in the May and signed up for a second event, the roller coaster run in October of 2022. Winter 2022 is where I really struggled with motivation and momentum and purpose. And there was a month, month and a half where I just didn't run at all. I'd kind of achieved a big thing and I was struggling to know, like, why is it that I'm doing this? Um, so roller coaster run comes around. Lo and behold, again, a week before I get really sick and it's another didn't start. So I needed a bit of a reset. I'd switched my focus to sustainable and consistent training. I stopped caring so much about how fast I was going and started focusing on getting through the run, getting through the runs per week that I want to do and finishing every run feeling good, feeling like I'm excited to get out there and do it again. I also realized that especially through winter, I need regular events to maintain that motivation and keep me going. So to begin 2023, I signed up for the two bays trail run again. And this time I was going to get on that start line and I was going to cross that finish line. And here we are 2023. And that's how I started the year. So 2023 in total, I have to date done 1,200 kilometers and the big change has been elevation. I have to date done over 12,000 meters of vertical gain, and I have gotten way better at listening to my body and what it needs. So sometimes that means that the best run for me is no run, and that's okay. I allow myself that space to say, I feel like I'm coming down with something. I've been experiencing a lot of hypos. Whatever it is, my mantra has become, I'm in it for the long run. And when the best run is no run, I remind myself, I'm in it for the long run, not the next run. Trusting that long-term effort are far more important than that one run today, um, if I am coming down with something or I have niggles or whatever, has allowed me to have more long-term consistency and has allowed me to do so much more this year. So two bays trail, January 2023, I got on that start line. It's the middle of summer. It was hot, but I knew what I was getting in for. It's a 28-kilometer run, 800 meters of vertical gain. I had pretty consistent blood glucose levels the whole way through, and the motivation was great. Like the trail running kind of community atmosphere of us all there with a common goal to cross that finish line was great. I had a bit of a blood sugar drop about six kilometers from the end. I stopped at an aid station 
someone who thankfully knew type 1 diabetes quite well, just kind of chilled out with me for a little bit, made sure I was back under control, got on some sugar, and off I went. Across that finish line four minutes over my goal time, and I was stoked. I then signed up with a group called Trails Plus to do their mountain series. Now, they do mountain series across a range of different distances from 10 kilometers all the way up to 50 kilometer ultra marathons. I picked their middle distance, which was doing 30 odd kilometer events, and there was five events throughout the year. The first one was Maroondah Dam in April. 30 kilometer run, 1400 meters of elevation, and it was the most vert, the most elevation gain I had done by far. That 1400 meters, probably 1250 of it, was in the first half of the race. You basically just start by the damn wall, you run up a mountain, and you turn around, and you run back down. And you'd think, oh, at least you get to run down on the way back, but it is so steep and busting your sore quads so much that I didn't really know how to handle that kind of elevation. It did also make me think that perhaps I need to invest in a pair of running poles, which I did. The second event of the series was the same weekend that I had to move house, which was not really something I had a lot of control over and unfortunately meant that I didn't get onto the Yu Yang's start line. Third event of the series, my whole family, my wife and my son, we went down to the Wonderfalls event, which is at Cumberland River, just outside of a town called Lawn on the Great Ocean Road. Absolutely stunning. It was a 25-kilometer run, 900 meters of vertical gain, and I took my time. Probably the slowest run of, like race I've ever done, but it was stunningly beautiful, and I was so happy that when I reached that finish line, my three-year-old son, Lewin, was standing there, saw me coming, ran at me. There was no one else around me, no one that I could see who'd crossed in front of me, no one coming up behind me, and I just got to stop, pick him up, and run across that finish line with him in my arms, and he uh, very, very happily accepted my medal on my behalf, which, to be fair, he did cross the finish line before me, so fair enough. Um, but that was absolutely a moment I will never forget. Second to last event of this year was the Mount Macedon run. This is another 30 kilometer run, about 950 meters of elevation. This is one I treated as a B race. So A race, B race, I'll go through that at a later date, but essentially it's not my main race that I was working up towards. I had Mount Macedon, the roller coaster run that I spoke about earlier, and the Marysville marathon this weekend, all within six weeks of each other. So Mount Macedon and a roller coaster were really treated as kind of really formalized training runs to feel conditioned and in control. My aim was to cross that 30k finish line, ideally thinking, I've got another 12 or 13k in the tank, which is what I'll need this weekend. Last race before Marysville was the roller coaster run. And then here we are, Marysville Marathon. This will be my first ever trail marathon. This is my A race. Just shy of 43 k's, about 1400 meters of elevation. I'm heading out to Marysville the night before because it's a few hours from my house and I'm camping um, in the local holiday park. So I'm just then a walk across the road to the start line in the morning. In the next episode, I'll go through in a lot more detail how that run goes. 
the whole weekend, the reflections on the run, how my ultralight kit performs. Um, this will be my first time using some of that gear, new quilt, mattress, tent, etc. And also a bit of a preview of what's next. What does 2024 hold? And what is the next challenge going to be? Whatever challenges are in front of you, go out and get on that first run. Or that next run. Trust me, you'll feel better in the long run. Thanks for coming along. I hope you've gotten something out of this, and I look forward to joining you next time on Ultra Run Type 1.